Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 219. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed founder of Omen Comics and the creator of the Omenverse, Michael Nunley. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. Michael, yeah, it's great talking to you. We missed out on a week or so because... uh, I got COVID. Needless to say, so thank you for being flexible because I know when we reached out and we were uh, chatted together back in August, I really did a deep dive and, and learned more about all of your the comic books that you have for Omen Comics, and I'm really excited to talk to you about that. For those that might be unfamiliar with Omen Comics, do you want to give people a little bit of a background on on the Omenverse? On the Omenverse, sure. Um the Omenverse itself is a blend of the world's uh, mythologies, uh, folklore, and and even a blend of several religions. Uh, the 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 whole idea is that um, all the gods you know of all exist at the same time, and and actually that's a little bit more complicated than you might imagine because all the mythologies in the world assume that they're the only gods in existence. <laughs> so I had to, I really had to try and uh, I had to change some things to get them all to work together and, and fit together in one universe. But uh, we pretty much, we, you got, you got all of that going on. Plus we blend that with apocalyptic themes and apocalyptic things from several different cultures. Um, so uh, that's going to be going on. And plus I'm a huge horror fan. Uh, so there's going to be some horror elements in there uh, as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got a little paranormal, some some supernatural stuff going on. And of course we have heroes, but they're kind of heroes in spite of themselves. They're, 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 as a general rule, with the exception of Dragon Girl and Albino Warrior, everyone in the Omenverse is completely broken. <laughs> these are these are these are not uh, these are not uh, good and proper people, except for those two. <laughs> right. So, so talk to us. You you did mention already about you know Dragon Dragon Girl and and Albino Warrior. Did you want to? Is that one of your main masthead titles that you have in the Omenverse? Oh no, uh, no. Uh, th- there's actually uh, several titles um, in mm. in the Omenverse, and really, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, I, I originally conceived this really giant story, and I tried to uh, tell it in just a single title, but it was mm. just so convoluted. I was constantly having to cut from this scene to this scene to this scene to try and tell everything that was happening all at the same time. You know what I mean? So right. it just got to where I had to break it up, and so consequently, it's broken into seven titles altogether. Uh, there's Omen, uh, Gallowsman, White Druid, and Michael Nero. Uh, uh, Guardians of Alayum, Dragon Girl, Albino Warrior. Oh, six. My bad. Uh, and Dark Oracles. Okay. All right. And so, how did you? How did were you able to put those into put those in place on interconnecting storylines? And how did you fit that into the actual larger meta plot? Oh, um, well, I, I have the I have the whole story written out. Um, okay. So uh, basically, it was just the 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 reason that I'm releasing them in the order that they're that they're in, and and the stories that are in them is because I'm trying to 
keep everything chronologically in order uh, and all the events. And so uh, even even with with uh, with like Dragon Girl about a warrior, I had to go back and say because uh, there's a huge blood moon that that really defines the time period uh, in mm. the Omen verse. And that's why it's the symbol for Omen comics. Um, right. And so, uh, so even when I wrote Dragon Girl about a warrior, I had to go back and fit it into the timeline by saying, "This is this many days before the Blood Moon started," or "This is this many days after it started." You know that kind of a thing. Right now, what exactly is it? Because you mentioned like the Blood Moon piece of it. How does that fit within? You mentioned the 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 gods aspect of it. What is? How does that fit within the plot? I can I can tell you this that that it is not a it is not your average blood moon. This is not a lunar eclipse. The moon itself is literally red. Uh, mm. It was it was turned red and and by a magical source. And okay. so check this out. Uh, th this part this part I actually really like, and this is part of the horror element I'm adding into the story. Uh, the blood moon is actually emanating these rays. And okay. the rays are actually uh, they're they're affecting people psychically. Uh, they're they're causing people to act out of character. In fact, like, like there's a scene where I got like uh, you know an old lady. I mean, like old lady, like with a purse and everything, right? Uh, uh, she's giving somebody a curb check, a stomp, a curb stomp, right on the right on right. the side of the curb, right? This is not this is not normal behavior. There, the the there's parts where people are people are just sitting there casually eating each other, uh, you know, wow. just just random stuff like that where people are are, are changing, they're being affected by this blood moon, and so right. that's what that's one of the reasons why it is uh it is such a staple in the universe itself because it 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 is it's affecting everyone, right. And does that come in through that what you mentioned before is like the omen, like the actual comic book omen? Uh yes. Uh yeah. Um the the Blood Moon actually uh is is important in a few different titles. Um okay. for instance, uh the, the coming of omen was actually uh I, yeah, I can say this. The the coming of omen uh was was actually foretold. Uh okay. and it would be by the coming of this um a tetrad event when it comes to blood moons is actually when, um, you know, a blood moon can only happen every six months or so. Right. So okay. a tetrad is when you have four blood moons in a row. So every six months you get a blood moon. The, the event that's coming up, the, the big, huge apocalyptic event at the end uh, is, is going to be, is, is, is going to be all, all wrapped up in that. Uh, but uh that 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 blood moon showing up actually sets off several events that that culminate in that big huge event there at the end there um it is the catalyst for several several of the main plot lines mm. now did you have when you put this together how are you writing it as a uh, as the creator of this are you writing one story one title and then going to a different title then to a different title and then you have you're doing issue one of all of them first and then going back to do issue two of all of them? Or how are you staggering that out? Uh, that is pretty much how we're doing it, yeah. Um, okay. we, we started out with the first three comics with, with uh, like you'll notice that with Omen, with White Druid and Michael Nero, and with Gallows Men, there are two titles on each of those. But with right. Dragon Girl, Albino Warrior, and with Guardians of Alayim, there's just the one. Uh, the very next uh, Omen Comics title coming out is going to be Dark Oracles. Um, oh, now, okay. 
Now check this out. Uh, like I said, we we do have these we do have these uh, these five main titles going, uh, but Dark Oracles is really for. I I got a really enormous story going here. I, I've been writing it. <laughs> I've been writing it for for a lot of years, and so uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that will just not fit into uh, not not fit comfortably into the main continuity. Like it would really take about take us out of the story or take us away from it or whatever. And so mm. uh, Dark Oracles is going to be a place where we can tell all the little side stories and backstories uh, for characters and events and stuff. Um, like for instance. Uh, the, the Guardians of Alayum there and the very first issue of Dark Oracles uh, Steve Sellers, the other writer in the in the uh, in Omen Comics, uh, is going is doing a, a story about run of uh, called the Rose of Seleucia uh, about okay. one of his characters there in Guardians of Alayum. It's going to be going to pick up the story right where Guardians of Alayum leaves off. And then uh, I'm doing a story about uh, called What Separates Us from Them uh, mm. that is about. Uh, like for instance, I, I I don't know how much you know about the the biblical story, but um, uh, I always kind of wondered why did Cain kill Abel? What made Cain right. so much different from Abel that he was the first murderer and nobody else was? I mean, what what was that thing? And I I wanted to explore the things that made uh, Cain and his descendants different from those of the other ones. And so uh, I get into that. I get into a little bit of the history of the gods and the beginning of man, all that kind of stuff uh, there in that first Dark Oracle story. So uh, okay. we got that coming up next from from them. Okay. Uh, now, what are some of your? So you said you've been working on this story for this 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 were this universe for a lot of years. When did you start putting this together? Um, well, uh, <laughs> a lot of the characters uh, have been around for like uh, 30, 30 years. Wow. Um, I they, I actually wrote my first comic when I was twelve years old. It was very <laughs> derivative and it was not all that great. Uh, but but I, I did write one nonetheless. Um, and I've actually been kind of creating characters uh, since then, uh, in general. Uh, but when I really put them together in their in their own universe was uh, back in like uh, I want to say it was 2014, 2015 uh, is okay. is when I started putting them together in their own universe. Um, and uh, then it just it just kind of it just kind of built uh, from there. Um, I I, had, I actually originally got hired uh, to uh, create a universe for another publisher, and they ended up not paying me. So I walked with the rights to everything that I did. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and so that that was actually what inspired me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something on my own. Then I, I I don't I don't need to have. Uh, I don't need to work for somebody else. I got my own stories. I got my own characters. I'll do my own thing. And so I really started putting it into that. So uh, I'm going to say the first first comic, I think, was written in, I want to say, 2016. Okay. And we published the the very first one we published was White Joy to Michael Nero, number one. And that was in January of 2019. Okay. Okay. Now, where where did you find your artist? Um, I used to run uh, before I, I started Omen Comics. I used to run an online comic book magazine where I would review comics and and do articles and interview artists and stuff like that. And I actually met Tosin Awasika um, uh, doing interviews uh, for that magazine. And in fact, that's where I met Steve Sellers as well. Um, okay. 
but um uh, yeah, I interviewed him for this uh, artist spotlight kind of thing, and um, he, he was a he was a bit shy and and somewhat reserved, uh, but uh, he 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 has a, he has a lot of talent, and and he gets better. I think with each with each issue, I am more impressed than I was with the last issue. Is what I'm noticing wow. with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it was just it was just through that I approached him. I said, "Hey, man, look, this is my budget. This is what I want to do. Are you interested?" And and he was. Uh, so I've been with him ever since. That was back in 2018. Wow. Okay. And so and and he does almost all, he does all of your series. He has done every book from Omen Comics and Revelation Comics. Wow. In fact, okay. he is also the writer on Insurrection Fox Operations from Revelation Comics. Talk to us a bit about this connection between Omen Comics and Revelation Comics. Okay. Um, I, I had originally brought on uh, uh, Steve Sellers, like I said, uh, from uh, from my Chico Comics page days. And mm-hmm. uh, he was bouncing around this idea he had for the Blitzverse. Um, it, it, he had these characters, uh, 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 Blitz and Blitz and nice night spider. And, uh, he had this whole story that he was talking about maybe doing in prose or something like that. And I was like, mm. Hey man, what do, what do you say? Uh, we, we do, we do that. Uh, you let me publish that for you. What do you say? We, uh, we work on, uh, putting that together. And, uh, huh. we did. And actually, uh, we ended up founding revelation comics specifically to have a place for stories outside the Omen verse, because oh, okay. all the titles in Omen comics are all take place in the same universe. However, we needed a place like Revelation Comics where we could tell individual standalone uh, standalone universe stories. You know what I mean? Like Blitz, mm. Insurrection, Fox Operations, my horror story, Seder. Uh, these are all totally individual universes and totally separate from Omen Comics. And, that, and that's really their point. Uh, we actually even got the name uh, for Revelation Comics from an organization in the Blitzverse. So, I mean, okay. it was really, it originally was founded as a place for Blitz, but uh, we just kind of built on it from there. Okay. Now, because you mentioned Steve Sellers also writes yep. some of your Omenverse sales. So, how are you able to separate that out because as you've been talking over the last several uh, se- several minutes about how important this world was that you created how much leeway do you give steve when he writes the scripts for some of these omen verse books um well like i said i have the i have the stories pretty much written right. um but uh like uh basically um Essentially, it works like this. Um, I give him the the plot line uh, for for the story. I give him the overall story that we have to be going through. Um, and I I've even given him ideas for individual issues as as to okay, this is I'd I'd like this kind of thing to happen in here, or I'd like this event to happen in here, or something like that. And mm. uh, he kind of takes those things and and runs with it. Um, like I, I'd like to point out, uh, for instance, uh, like with the White Druid of Michael Nero title. Um, I honestly tried to write that uh, myself and I just couldn't do it in a way that uh, I felt, I felt it just didn't feel right. You know, like my whole, my whole run with it was, uh, you know, Michael Nero has the third sight, which means he can see all planes of existence at once, which means he can see, he can see all kinds of nightmarish creatures. He can see horrible things happening all around him all the time because everything on every plane is happening all at once to him. 
And so uh, my, my solution for that character was, okay, well, then he's going to be a heroin addict to get rid of all that. <laughs> you know, uh, and so I, I kind of just, I, I kind of wrote him as this drug-addled uh, kind of character. And and uh, it really kind of took him away from the Sherlock Holmes roots uh, that I had him originally. Um, so, uh, you know, I handed him, I handed it over to Steve and I was like, Hey man, uh, can you do anything with this? And, and he's like, yeah, man, uh, let, let me mess around with it. And, and honestly, he does this, he does white joy to Michael Nero better, way better than I could have at all. In fact, that's why he has co-creator credit on it. Okay. So how did he, how did he rewrite the characters? Um, uh, well, uh, I, I think, uh, like one one thing for sure uh, that he did was um, I I made it in my original story I had it that he was a current heroin addict. Um, okay. In fact, you know the the what is it? Uh, how how does he phrase that in Sherlock Holmes book? The was it the the eight percent solution, the twelve percent solution, something like that? With mm. Sherlock Holmes, he originally did cocaine. I don't know if you're aware of that, uh, okay. but he he would inject it into himself, and the, and part of the part of the reason he even did cases originally was so that he could get money to buy cocaine. And so okay. I was kind of playing off that idea that that Michael Nero would would take on these paranormal cases and stuff uh, as a means to support his heroin addict, his heroin addiction. And so uh, that 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 was kind of changed. Uh, Steve kind of put that in his past, where he said, "Okay, we're going to have where he was an addict, and maybe fighting that addiction is something that uh, he's going to deal with uh, going through in the story." Um, but uh, he also added this kind of father son element uh, to White Druid and uh, Michael Nero. Uh, he he it. it, it in, in how he wrote it, uh, Lou really uh, brings Michael out of that nightmare that uh, I was—I had originally wrote him in. Uh, Lou, Lou, Lou really brings him into a, a much, uh, a much more controlled character, and uh, he also adds a lot more of that Sherlock Holmes element that I was going for. So yeah, so this kind of compared to some of the other series, this one isn't really so much action adventure, but more of a investigative mystery of the week kind of set up uh yeah yeah it was uh definitely kind of a paranormal noir type of an idea okay uh where you know like uh, you'll notice uh in the very first parts of this issue that we're looking at here um you one of the one of the, the first time we see michael nero he's actually on a case where um he he has to uh uh, uh exercise a demon uh from somebody oh wow Right, and uh, then later we see him get uh, hired on by by somebody else who wants him. Um, basically, in the Omen verse, Michael Nero is uh, our world's greatest detective. Okay. <laughs> and then, so where does the White Druid come into that? Are they almost like as a Watson kind of situation, or they, does the White Druid also have some spe specific, other than being a three thousand year old Celtic deity? Uh, what? How does that relationship work between the two? Um, it's a very father-son kind of a thing going on with okay. them, where where Lou kind of plays the father figure, uh, but at the same time, um, I mean, they kind of need each other. Um, okay. Michael Nero is uh, not very great with social etiquette, 
Um, in fact, just to give you an idea, uh, one of the lines that I wrote for him is uh, uh, this lady tells him, don't condescend to me, you bastard. And he says, well, could you come up here then? <laughs> you know, he, he's that kind of character where he just he, he he's very blunt, uh, sometimes to his own detriment. Um, uh, but he's also very, very intelligent. And, and, uh, so, but he, he really doesn't interact with people, uh, very well, you know, like, uh, you'll notice, uh, the, in that scene you saw there, uh, where, uh, with, uh, the, the taxi cab there, um, <laughs> uh, the, the guy brings up the name Michael Nero and makes a comment about maybe he plays violin or something. And so Michael Nero just drops his money on the ground, makes him get out of the cab and pick it up. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just so, so really Nero needs help, uh, in, in that aspect. Uh, white Druid is kind of, uh, I can't say too much without spoiling it, but let's just say he's not quite himself. And mm. um, he he actually kind of needs Michael Nero uh, to take care of him as well. So okay. they kind of have this mutual benefit thing going on. And what's the overlap between titles? Because you do mention that the white, the white druid is actually also a part of, um, it's connected somehow to the guardians of Elaeum. Yes. Yes, he is one of the guardians of Elaeum. Okay. Uh, so... You, you you see him you see him in the in the Guardians of Elaeum story, uh, but uh, it's one of those kind of blink and, and you'll miss it kind of things. Uh, he he was there, but um, is not actually part of that main story in that first issue. There he he shows up he shows up a bit later, but um, uh, it how do I put that? Um, Lou is kind of like uh, do you remember in the Hobbit? Uh, where Gandalf kind of showed up once in a while and then he'd kind of show up and fix things once in a while and then he'd disappear and then be yeah. like, where's Gandalf? And oh, well, we'll just go off on ourselves and then he'd show up later, save everything and then kind of disappear again, you know, like uh, <laughs> in, that, in that kind of fashion, uh, Lou, Lou fits into the Guardians of Elaeum where uh, he, is, he, is, he is definitely part of the team. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, 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 he's, you're definitely going to see him in there. Uh, it's right. just uh, he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a, a wandering wizard sometimes. Right now, so so talk to us a bit about you know putting on your 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 writer hat on this. What are some of the things that you do now as a writer that you wished you did say 10, 15 years ago? Oh, jeez, <laughs> man, um, I um. I basically jumped in to the deep end and then taught myself how to swim when it comes to all of this. <laughs> uh, I, like, I, I honestly thought that because I had written some prose that I knew how to write a comic. And that is just not true. They are completely <laughs> different animals. And I, I just, I wish I had done a bit more research uh, into uh, what it takes to actually write a comic. You know, um, there are a lot of things I know uh, now about about pacing and about, uh, what, you know, how much room you got to put on the page and accounting for the art and the lettering and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it's just, I, I didn't know much about visual storytelling as well. Um, so, you know, like, um, I was more thinking about, uh, the pictures as a way to carry the words as opposed to the other way around. Right. 
and okay. and they really need to work together as opposed to as opposed to if anything the the pictures need to be carrying the scene uh, right. but the, but i think i think they really need to work together but i really just didn't understand i really didn't understand any of that i also didn't get uh like for instance now i know that each issue has to contain a sort of mini story on its own and what i mean by that is uh the the character a character has to go through an arc or something has to be uh something has to be resolved that it didn't quite uh, that it didn't quite have figured out or an event has to have completed. So, there has to be some sort of start and finish in each issue. And I didn't mm. know that either. Um, I just figured it, I could tell it as an ongoing story and just kind of cut off. Well, well, I ran out of page numbers here, so we'll cut off the story there kind of thing. And I, I just... There's just a lot about <laughs> making comics in general. I, I just wish I knew it. I, I, I mean, uh, I just so didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what what would what would be some advice that you would give to starting comic comic writers? Well, um, I would tell you uh, to outline everything. Um, I mean, totally outline everything. Do not just wing it when it comes to comics, because not mm. only is that going to come and in, come into play when you start dealing with continuity, um, it's also going to make the readability better. Also mm. consider this, the more thought you put into your story, the more thought the readers are going to get out of it. So don't, don't worry about digging into it and, and how many times you have to, how many drafts you have to make. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my college professor uh, for writing actually told me that the more drafts you write, the better it is. Cause that means that you're putting more thought into it, that you've thought over it again and you've added to it or you've taken away from it. And that is always huh. a good thing. So I'm, definitely do that also if you can and granted i understand you want to keep your 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 story kind of uh secret you know you don't want people ripping you off or whatever that kind of a thing uh but find a group of people at least at least two or three people that can see your work because you need to have more eyes on it than your own you can actually make the mistake of reading a line so many times that even if it's even if it's uh there's something wrong with it you just don't notice it because your head fills it in it's that whole cinema of the mind thing working there where like i'll i'll, I'll be i'll read i'll be reading over a sentence and it'll totally have the wrong word or words in a different order or i'll misspell huh. something or something along the line and i just flat out won't see it because i've read it 50 times and i'm just seeing it in there now <laughs> so i mean it definitely definitely put a lot of thought into it um one one thing i might i might give you as a as 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 the last note uh is uh punctuation uh in, in the pages um you want to try to have it so that uh, at the end of each page, you give the, the reader a reason to turn the page. That's not something mm. you necessarily have to have in a prose novel. But a, right. a, but a lot of prose uh, in comics will tell you uh, that you, it, it's important to have that. You, and, it, and you don't have to. It's not complicated. You could just do something like, say, for instance, have somebody ask a question and they have to turn the page to get the answer to the question. Or have somebody reach for something and then have them actually get it in the next on the next page or you know something like that there's got to be something pulling them to the next one you you mentioned earlier about proofreading how important is that that continuity editing and that and that how important is continuity editing editing and how important is line editing for making comics um 
Well, uh, I, I'd say I'd say it's pretty important. Um, editing in general is a huge part of it. Um, mm. if, if you think you can do this on your own, I'm here to tell you, you can't. <laughs> uh, I mean, editing is not just a matter of correcting uh, spelling mistakes or grammar. Uh, there's a lot more to editing. They, they like you're talking about, you know, they help you keep track of the story. They help they help give you a perspective on what it's like to be the reader in the story. Like, for instance, there are things I have tried in my comics uh, like <laughs> like I think I went through with my editor on Dragon Girl of Mana Warrior. I think we went through that like three times. Uh, mm. where um, I, I came up with a, I came up with an idea with a, to open up the story and he was like, no, nah, that's not going to work. You can't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I, okay, I'll, I'll try something else. Mm. And, and honestly, I could say with, well, well, sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes I'm like, you know what, man, screw you. The story is awesome. Leave me alone. But it, <laughs> it, 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 I, honestly, I could say that it, it, it improves the thing. You know, the, mm. I think, you know, they say there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. You know, the, the more minds that are involved, the, the better something's going to be. Right, right. Now, ha, ha, at what point of the process do you involve the, do you involve the artist? I mean, do, how much pushback do you get from Tosin who says, hey, I want, I think the frame should be like this, or I think the picture should be like this, or how does that relationship work? There is some of that, but honestly, um, I, I, I kind of give Tosin uh, somewhat free reign. Uh, the, okay. the one issue I, we really had with Tosin is that, well, he lives in Nigeria. And uh, so there's we have completely different measurement systems and right. okay. even our computers work a little bit differently. <laughs> and so uh, it, like, one of the major issues I've had uh, with him is getting the page sizes uh, all, all correct and consistent. Uh, like a lot, like uh, a lot, I'll often get two or three different page sizes uh, in an issue from him. And uh, we, we'll, I, I even, I even gave him a template and that that's been a, a bit of a struggle. Um, it's just <laughs> it, that that's, that's really been the one difficulty, but as far as, as far as uh, the line work and everything goes, uh, like, like I said, he, he is always impressing me uh, with what little technical issues we may have. I, it, it, it's irrelevant compared to how happy I am with his work when it's done. You know what I mean? Uh, right. I, I feel like he does a really good job with the art and he is always improving. He's not he's not one to just sit idly, you know, and say, well, I've achieved this level. I'm fine. You know, he is always trying to improve. He's always trying to to grow. And I just I really appreciate that. And I think it shows in the comics. Now, if somebody said, you know, listen, Michael, you got a lot of titles here. What should I read first? What would be your recommendation? Um, well, with uh, Omen, with Omen. The Omen comics, I would say, uh, I, I would go would read uh, Omen number one, uh, White Druid and Michael Nero number one, then Gallowsman number one. I, I th I'd start with that and then uh, go back and read the twos and then the number ones from Guardians and uh, uh, Drag Girl Abana Warrior. Okay. Uh, but those, those first, those first, uh, the first three issues that really started it all off are those three. Is this a finite plot? For instance, are, is every issue going to have, is every title going to have four issues or 10 issues or how was this outlined out? For oh, you? yes, it's, it's, uh, it is currently finite. Um, we have uh, 10 to 12 issues uh, for each of the six titles planned. 
Okay. And then uh, on top of that 10 to 12 issues, we have the major uh, Tetrad Omega event uh, happening at the end of that. Mm. Um, altogether, there's going to be roughly 70 comics uh, in, in this in this story. And how many uh, how many how many are you uh, putting out uh, every year? Um, well, we were putting out about two or three a year. Uh, but we weren't, we were not able to get uh, uh, successful Kickstarters, and so we've constantly, we, we've, we've consequently have had to uh, uh, back off a little and kind of get our, our feet back under us again. We're hoping to maybe uh, build our audience a little bit more before we before mm. we try it again. Uh, so, I mean, for the next two years, we're only looking at about one comic per year. Okay. So I just I just did some math for you, Michael. If you do three comics a year for seventy comics, you're it's going to take you twenty three years. Yep. <laughs> have you thought about working a bit? Like, for instance, how much of this is because you have such an expansive universe? How much of this are you going to sit back like you did? Sit back a little bit like you did with. Uh, with some of your other other titles and have other people write it and you just do the creator and like the, the, the plot point of it and just farm out. You're already, you're already doing that with, uh, with the artists, but also, also with the writing to, to expediate that. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I've already, I think I've already kind of farmed out as much as I'm, as I'm going to farm oh, out can. as far as that goes. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty set on writing the time like I write Omen and Gallowsman, okay. Dragon Girl, Obina Warrior. I'm writing Dark Oracles. I also writing Seder for Revelation Comics, and I'm writing oh, some wow. other stuff as well. Uh, so I mean that I got a, I got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire as far as writing goes. <laughs> and as and as you mentioned too, that you have on there um, Seder is that that's how you pronounce yes. it? Okay, yeah, okay. And then you have on here for Revelation Comics, you got Seder, which is also available on Global Comics. Yep. Free and to read. Free to read. The whole issue is? The whole issue, free to read. Wow. Okay. Nice. Okay. Cool. And then and then on there you also we, we mentioned the Blitzverse, but also Insurrection right. as well. And is that one from you as well? Uh, Insurrection Fox Operations was written uh, and created by Tosin Awasika, but I scripted okay. it for him. With all Revelation comics, with Blitz, with Insurrection, with Seder, these are all in their own universe. They they are not connected at all. Okay. In fact, uh, Seder's really only Seder's only going to be a three issue uh, title. Okay. All right. Cool. Quick little and... Viking horror story. Okay, that's excellent. And then after that comes out, you're going to be putting it together, maybe as like a like a as a trade, novel. yeah, for okay. sure. When all seventy issues are done, what is the 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 feeling you want your readers to come from with reading reading everything from Omen Comics? That no matter how broken you are, no matter how far you've gone, there is a way back. Redemption mm, okay. is possible. Okay. Wow. That's exciting. Um, and, and so, so Michael, where can people, if, if people are really interested in, in, in learning more about Omen comics, what's the best place they could go to? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to say uh, there's probably our Patreon would be a good, a good spot to go. Uh, there's also, we're on, we're on Twitter at um, comics Omen. 
Okay. Um, and also, uh, Revelation Comics is on there too at uh, at Revelation Comics. Uh, we also have a podcast, um, uh, Omen Revelations podcast. That's what the ORP thing. And so, yeah, talk to us a bit about. You have a really good Patreon page. You got oh, some really you. cool things that people can check out, and you have seven levels, which is amazing. Talk to some of our listeners and readers, uh, listeners and and uh, viewers out there, what they could get for each of these levels. All right. Uh, well, let's let's start with that first uh, two dollar one there. Um, I, I kind of look at uh, comics. Uh, I, I kind of view it like a movie, I guess. Um, mm. I, I feel like comics are a bridge between uh, a prose and film. And uh, so uh, th th this is why I have this terminology here <laughs> mm. um, with that two dollar level there. You can become an executive producer. Um, for uh, Omen Comics, and what that means is that you'll be listed there uh, in the in the credits page of every Omen comic. Uh, I mean, from the point that you that that you start, I'm not going to like retroactively add your name into the past comics, uh, right. but from the point that you subscribe from there on, your name will be listed as an executive producer uh, right there in the credit names below us below us creators. Nice, and okay. you can get that for two dollars a month. Uh, you get your wow. name in in every one of our comics. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that with that three dollar uh, level there, uh, that's that's the an, an Omen Revelations podcast uh, specific tier. Uh, with that one, uh, you get two weeks. In, you get to to hear our episodes two weeks before everyone else. Uh, you also oh, cool. get one Patreon exclusive episode uh, that's just for just for you. Uh, if you want, uh, if you if you if you like that one, if you're into our podcast and stuff, uh, that's that's a pretty good tier. Mm. All right, let's see. Uh, digital comics package. Uh, what that means is that every time uh, you, you, we have a series of digital art uh, that you're going to receive, uh, but that also means that every time we get a comic, uh, you get a digital copy. And just like just like with our physical copies to our comics, which you can also get on other levels, uh, you get those before everyone. Like, for oh, cool. instance, we've had these failed Kickstarters, right? But guess what? Our patrons have gotten every single one of our comics. We oh, put cool. the, we, we we print them out and we send it to them. And they even get the if there's a variant cover, they get both covers. So oh, wow. uh, like if you have our if you have a printed and digital versions, like if you go up to the the like seven dollar ones or the the nine the nine the 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 five, six, that those you get in there, uh, you, you get the printed and the physical ones, which means that you get you get both versions of the printed copy sent to you. Plus, you get a digital copy to read before those printed ones get to you. Wow. So, OK. I'm, so, I mean, you're guaranteed our stuff, even if our Kickstarters uh, are not successful. And that that's pretty big. We're, we're making these comics anyway, and we want to make right. sure our patrons get it. They they get first access to everything. Okay. Wow. Excellent. And that's what you get for like the the five dollar and the six dollar. And then, and then the, what do you get for the the seven dollar? That's where you get all the inside stuff from us. You get oh, okay. you get to see scripts in advance. You get previews in advance. Uh, we put up videos about our comics and about what's going on. You get all the background information about what's going on with us as a business and creators and all of that stuff. And and I, you'll note some people I have on there. Uh, if you go up to that seven dollar one, that guy right there is Scott Tipton. Huh. I don't know if you know who that is, but he writes Star mm. Trek comics for IDW. Cool. And there he is holding three of my comics. 
And then if you scroll down, you got Terry Mayo on the $10 wow. one there. He's also another comic book creator. I, I thought that would be a cool, uh, cool little inside thing there to get some, some, some maybe more, more famous people uh, hold my comics as, as pictures to my uh, tears. There, I thought that would be pretty cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's excellent. So, yeah, very exciting stuff. Like you, you have a really robust Patreon page that I definitely wanted to share, um, and and absolutely and. And listen, uh, Michael, you got to come back on when you have uh, more issues coming out. This has been a I'm really excited to 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 learn. I'm really excited to to follow along in the Omen verse. Like you got a great world that you've created. Oh, man. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. The, the next comic we got coming out is actually going to be a revelation comic. Cool. So um, it, it won't actually be until 2024 that a new Omen comic come out comes out. Wow. Okay. Uh, but but um, uh, in, in 2023, you're going to get uh, Sad, which is another comic uh, written by Tosin Awasika that I scripted. Mm. Uh, this one gets crazy. You get some Nigerian mythology in there. You get conspiracies. You get you get monsters. Uh, you, you get revenge. It's 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 a crazy story. It goes it, it, it just blows up. Let me tell you. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great to chat about that. That'd be fun. All right. All right. Yeah. I'd love to be back on. Thanks, man. You're welcome.